Please, you might be seated. Do something to the glory of God. Just give him all the glory right now. That's it. Give the Lord glory for the atmosphere. Give him all the glory. Oh, Father, we bless your name. And we give you all the glory, we give you all the honor, we worship you for today. We magnify your holy name because of your holiness, your faithfulness towards your people, the fact that you never change. You were always God before, you will always be God now, you will always be God in the future. Oh Lord, most importantly, we give you all the praise because you have inherited us as your own property, as your own children. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ that everything that shall be done here today shall be to your glory, to your honor, and to your praise. Lord, is there anyone here that's going through some tough time or tough situation? We tender it before your throne, Father. We ask in the name of Jesus that your spirit shall begin to brood upon the hearts. So that when the sound of your voice comes, there shall be the activity that comes from above. The activity that brings forth life, light, and power, and salvation. Lord, let that activity be to your glory and to your honor. Let restoration, O Lord, occur. And let your wind move. Lord, do it for the glory of your name. We ask in the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Talk to your neighbor and say, it is a pleasure seeing you here today. I thank God for the opportunity that I have to see your face today. Talk to your neighbor. You know, break the ice. Let them know you are glad to be in the presence of the Lord with them. In the presence of the Lord with them. Amen. Before I start and proceed, I'd like to just quickly say that our pastor is, um, is definitely in the service of the Lord today, but in the other branch, in the branch of Lynchburg. So let us just keep our prayers with him and let our hearts also be with him, even as his spirit is also with us here as we are worshiping here today. Um, by the special grace of Almighty God, I give thanks to the Almighty God for the opportunity to break bread with my brothers and my sisters. I pray that that which shall be released today shall not be the voice or the words of man, but it shall be the voice and the word that comes from his throne. That that word shall begin to breathe fire into our hearts and it shall rekindle the flame that comes from his throne. And that when that word comes forth, that no one here will live the same. That it shall be the fire of God that renews and rekindles them. That they shall be a fresh desire for more of him. A fresh desire to grow in him. A fresh desire to seek after him. A fresh desire to understand what his plans and purposes are for our lives. So that he alone might be glorified. So that he alone might be honored. So that he alone might be praised. Amen. Can you just do something now, just to the glory of God?
and just begin to say something, proclaim something into the atmosphere. Just begin to decree. Father, I thank you for this opportunity that I have to sit before your presence. That I am gathered amongst the living. I give you all the praise. Just begin to release those praises. The Bible said that it is out of the mouth of babes and sucklings he has ordained praise. Begin to praise him and honor him because he alone deserves it. Remember, he inhabits the praises of his people. Let him inhabit the praise that flows from your lips just so that he alone can be glorified. Father, we worship you. We worship you. We bless your name. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Amen. I've been asked to speak on the topic, eat from this tree. Eat from this tree. While I was sitting, the Lord began to minister. He said, eat from this tree. Eat from this tree. Can we all open to John chapter 6, verses 27 to 35? John chapter 6, verse 27. To 35. And I read. Labor not for the meat which perishes, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then, that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which comes down from heaven and gives life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Amen. Amen. If you meet dietitians today, they will tell you something. They will tell you you are what you eat. They will tell you that in a matter of time, that which you take into yourself will begin to restructure you. And before you know it, you become that which you are eating. The nutrients you receive from what you eat will begin to show up on your bodily structure like it is showing up on my bodily structure. So you can tell I have been doing something right and I have been doing something... Uh, well, 
as long as I can remember, I've only had one pack, and I am glad for what I have. But not to digress. We really are what we eat. And when we go through the scriptures, you find out that really, on the earth today, there are two types of people. Two types of men feeding on two types of diets. One diet is heavenly, while one is earthly. One diet glorifies God, while one diet glorifies man. It glorifies self. Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 15 puts it this way. It contrasts both. It says one is of Christ, while one is of Belial or the devil. One is of the believer, while the other is of the unbeliever. One is of the temple of God, while the other is of the temple of idols. There will always be two types of streams flowing into a person. Always be two types of, of streams. We are always feeding ourselves one thing that feeds a type of person. There really are just two types of diets. Touch your neighbor. Eat from this tree. Eat from this tree. So what is this tree? This tree is a tree of life planted in the midst of the Garden of Eden. And manifests itself as the bread of life. Only those that eat from this tree have life. Only those that partake of this tree have life. When you eat from this tree, you become a part of the tree. You become a branch. Let's open to John chapter 15 verse 5. John 15 verse 5. John 15 verse 5. John 15 verse 5. Okay. And it, it says this. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him. The same brings forth much fruit. For without me ye can do uh, nothing. Can we keep going? If a man abides not in me. He is cast forth as a branch. And is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. You see something here in this scripture. It says, if ye abide in me and I in him, you will bear much fruit. In other words, there is a life source. There is a feeding into that one that abides in him. There is a source, a connection, a flow. A supply that cannot be hindered. But once that person is cut short, once that person finds another source, once that person is connected to something else, what happens? Cut short. But that branch doesn't die immediately. 
it withers. When you have a branch that has been cut off, you bring it here, you still see some evidence of life. Some of the leaves might still be green. The following day, they might still be green. The third day, you might start to see some dryness. The death that comes to that branch is not instantaneous. It takes time. So you might be feeding on other things. You might come here, stand, you know, do the ministry thing. And the anointing will flow. Because the life of God is still there. But it would be diminishing with time. Once there is no connection, it will diminish with time. The life of the tree flows through the branch. When you eat from that tree, when you eat from it, you become that which the tree represents. A new creature. A new creature. So most of us here might say, but I'm already saved. I live a life of purity. I'm doing that which is right before the eyes of the Lord. This message definitely can't be for me. But you have to understand the alternative. Within the Garden of Eden, there were two trees. One was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. While one was a tree of life. Now, let's just take a look at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Once you look at it, the first thing that comes to mind is it has two faces. Good and evil. Haven't you wondered that when you see someone who is a wicked person, those people that are close to them will say, but that guy is good, though. You see ruthless, tyrannical leaders. Wicked. But those people around him say, he was the nicest man we've ever known. Do you know people said Hitler was good? Someone was married to him and loved him. The thing about that tree is, it looks good. It's appealing. And the thing is, we are constantly being fed the fruit of that tree today. You know, when the devil comes to tempt you, do you know that he's bringing you the fruit from that tree? Let's, let's take a look at Jesus. He, he, he approaches Jesus and then he says, ah, if you are the son of God, come, you've got power now. Why not just turn these stones to bread? A normal person, a normal person, I, I will be honest with you. The first time I read it, I was like, but what is wrong with this? I will be honest with you. 
After all, he is the son of man, the son of God. He has got all power. He is in the right to turn the stones to bread. But what was it going to do? It was going to feed something in him. A different nature. And so he had to respond with the word of God. You see, once you begin to understand the difference, once you begin to understand what that, the fruit from that tree is, you would be able to judge when people are approaching and feeding you from that tree. When people approach you and bring things that would appeal to your ego, that tree. When you yourself will probably go and try to gossip with some, you are feeding that person from, from that tree. When we begin to manipulate, we are feeding people from, from that tree. Eat from this tree. Turn to your neighbor. Tell them, eat from this tree. You would know what Jesus, when he began to say, I am the bread come from heaven. I am the bread of life. You see, you have to understand, find out what he was eating. When he was performing miracles, feeding the multitude. I mean, the scripture we just read, he had just finished feeding the multitude. So he had done that miracle, multiplying bread. And people were like, oh, this is, this is the man. If we go with him, we will, we will never be hungry. But he did not even care about what they were saying. They were about to give him compliments. He threw it away. He said, oh, this is... In fact, when they were about to give him those compliments, he made things bad. He said, eat my flesh and eat my blood. He said things that would not make them to appeal to his ego. He rejected anything. He, you know, when, when he, had, he would have done some miracles and then people would be like shouting his name. You know what Jesus would do? He would be like... The scriptures were right. He did not take anything that they had said. Why? Because he said he knew the heart of men. He said, oh, this is nothing. Anything that appeals to self, it looks good, but appeals to that nature. Reject it. Have you ever wondered... Why Daniel, so esteemed man. There are few people in the scriptures that nothing evil was said about them. Daniel was one of them. Joseph was one of them. Of course, you had people like Enoch and, you know, there were quite a number of them. But Daniel, he goes as a captive to Babylon. They bring things to him. They wanted to give him the meat and the wine from the king's table. That will appeal to you. Think about this. Just think about this. Let's bring it down. Imagine. Let's take it to the colonial era. Colonial era. Imagine they came and took some people captive. And then they take them to the king's, that's promotional. They take them to the king's court. And then they said, we are going to be feeding you the best delicacies. How many of us will say no? <laughs> Kai, I was selected. Amen. You even feel special. 
You take some of the food and you eat it in front of the people. You're saying, I... <laughs> you, give, you give testimony. I used to eat one square meal, now I'm eating. <laughs> Somebody shout, praise the Lord. <laughs> but Daniel looks and says, no. Give me pulse. Give me beans. I won't take anything that will appeal to my ego. And you'd notice, you'd notice that humility and the response, that is, that is what is called true humility. Because you notice his response. When the king needed the interpretation of a dream, he said, it is not in me to know. Because something had died. And we all, as believers, we are called to that death. Until that thing dies, do not be deceived. You would find instances when that nature will come alive. How do I know it? You would get a boss that would torment you. And if you are like some of us, we'll run away from that job. Then the Lord would find another way to hit you. Why? Because you are not letting go of that fruit. These things are there to purge us. They are there to purge us. So that when we come out, we'll be like gold. He wants his children to shine. But before they can shine, they have to Turn to your neighbor. Tell them, eat from this tree. So where can you find this tree? This tree can only be found at the cross. Can only be found at the cross. If we open to John chapter 3 verse 14. John chapter 3, verse 14. And this was Jesus' testimony when they were asking for a sign. When Nicodemus came to meet him. He said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know what this means? It means... That at the moment that you look at him, you let go of that which you were once holding on to. As you look at him, there is a death process that has to take place before you eat and partake of the new life. As you look at him, as you look at him, You can't train the old man to live a holy life. You cannot train the old man to be humble. So when you see it, just recognize, okay, that part of that person hasn't died. The Lord would handle him. 
That's it. You really can't do anything about it. If you see someone telling lies and they are a Christian, that part of that person hasn't died. The Lord would handle it. The only person you should be concerned about is who? Yourself. Because the Lord will bring situations into your life to show you yourself. I remember years ago, I'll be praying, oh Lord, yes, I know I'm ready for your word. Oh, you know all those prayers that you think you've arrived and the Lord is just looking at you and saying, uh, just give him time. Give him time. And then when the Lord began to reveal, he'll reveal. I'll say, ah, Lord, I didn't know. And he'll be like, you don't even know the depth of it. I'm just showing you small so you can prepare. No one here has reached the perfection that Jesus has in store for us. No one. No one here has reached the maturity that Jesus has in store for us. No one here. And the interesting part is when you realize you haven't started, you still would not realize how much you haven't started. That is what makes each and every one of us here in need of a savior. You need a savior, I need a savior. When Jesus wanted to wash Peter's feet, what did Peter do? He said, no, 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 no. He said, come, if, you, if I don't wash your feet, then you will have none of me. He said, please, bathe, bathe me in that case. Let us submit ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Let us not think highly of ourselves. Even Jesus, the Savior, Jesus, the one who rules and reigns in the affairs of man, when he was walking the face of the earth, and he was doing things. He said, ah, it is not me. He never pointed at him. Hardly ever, unless he was forced to. Never pointed at himself. He would do a thing. And then he would say, shh, don't tell anyone. Shh, keep it quiet. Hide it. He revealed his glory to Peter, James, and John. And then he said, don't yet tell them until the time. If it were me, if it were me, and the Lord came out with a voice from heaven, hey, I'll open YouTube channel. <laughs> and the Lord came, you know, you know, you understand what's going on. Little wonder, he hardly does, he, he's looking for people he can trust. But the thing is, what are we doing with the little, the little, the drop that he's revealing today? You can't train the old man to move forth in holiness. You can't. So let's look at something. Let's open to Galatians chapter 5 verse 19. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. 
And then we'll just read down all the way to verse 22, 23. Verse 19 says this. It says, now the works. These are evidences. Evidences. This is are just evidences. This shows you those things that are still alive in the flesh. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. He did not say they may not. He said they will not. Have you wondered? Adam ate of the fruit. Who taught Cain how to kill? Who? He ate of the tree. Who taught him? That nature came alive. They don't teach, you don't even teach kids how to lie. That nature comes alive. In that one sweep, he killed. God said, where is your brother? He said, I don't, am I my brother's keeper? He lied. See, as they were multiplying. That nature brings something alive in you that you yourself will be scared of. And the painful, the worst, the sincere part of it is you don't have to be taught. But then let's go further. Verse 22, it says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. You don't need a law for this. And you know, the interesting part of this is, it says there, and the what? Fruit. It's not plural. One fruit. You want to know that it's alive in you? It's love. Not sometime, all the time. That same fruit is joy. That same fruit is peace. That same fruit suffers long. You know what long suffering is? You are going through pain. But it suffers through it all. And while you are going through that pain, you are still gentle. While you are going through that pain, you still do good to others. While you are going through that pain, you are holding on to faith. While you are going through that pain, you are still meek and lowly. You don't say, ah, but God, now how about why? While you are going through that pain, you are still temperate. You still carry the presence and the aroma of God without it being defiled by the circumstances that you are going through. Brothers and sisters, the Lord is saying, 
You have to eat from this tree for you to be a part of him. Because if you do not eat of this tree, you have nothing in him. It is not about what people think about you. People can think the world about you. They can think nothing of you. It won't add to you. Forget about what people think. Focus on him. Do that which will give glory to him. Everything that you do, as long as you are straightforward in your heart to him, make sure that it glorifies him. But there has to be a death. A death. You know why people usually have problems? Why most of us, we have problems? Because we feel we have a right. Because we feel we have a right. For example, you do something and then you feel you deserve to be honored for that thing because you did it. But you know, that's not what Jesus is saying. When Jesus calls us, he makes us to understand you did nothing. He did it through us. And so when we re realize that we have no right, when someone, or when, you, when someone does something, like, Jesus, it's you that are doing this too. When someone says something, it's all good. Why? If something comes alive in you and you want to respond and react, just know that that thing hasn't died. There will always be a situation, always be a situation where there will be a testing to see whether that thing is dead or alive. And it is your response to that thing that will show whether truly that thing has died. We will be tested in our homes. For some of us, it will be our husbands. For some of us, it will be our wives. And I'm looking at her today. <laughs> For some of us, it will be our colleagues. How do we respond to them? Probably because something happens at work. And then we respond the way Cain responded. And we go and assassinate that person's character. And then we'll come to church and, as our sister said, Lord, we are raising holy hands today. Whereas it's been soiled. This is not your garden variety. Uh, let's just come and shout hallelujah. This is an introspective, a reflective word. The Lord is saying, eat from this tree. I am calling you to a higher order. I need you to dwell with me. But there are some things you just have to let go of. If you don't let go of it, you have no part in me. When Jesus was speaking about the, the, the goats and the sheep, there are many people that would say, Lord, didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we prophesy? Didn't we heal? Didn't we... It's not about all those things. That is the ministry of Jesus. What I am doing here is the ministry of Jesus to his church. It has nothing to do with my personal work with Jesus. It has not... I repeat it again. 
It has nothing to do with my personal work with Jesus. This is the ministry of the Lord to his church. And from if I think I'm standing here thinking I am better in any is a lie. The scriptures are very clear. So I am in the same boat that you are in. If not in hotter soup. So what is that thing that needs to be put to death? Are you still feeding it? Are you still receiving that which would boil it and keep it alive? Now is the time to leave it at the cross. The cross is there for you and I. Only then can we receive the power of resurrection. If you do not encounter the cross, no power for the new life which is found in resurrection. Like, was it Joshua that said, I played before you, before you, an option. Don't hover over to opinions, as the book of Isaiah says. But I place before you an option. Place before you life and death. But choose life that you might live. Choose life. Eat from that tree. That tree is available today. Don't think the label Christianity, uh, Christian is, that's, that's not, it's that relationship. Are you abiding, abiding, abiding in him? Is he abiding in you? Is his word abiding in you? That is where the life is found. And that commitment has to be a very conscious one. An evident one. That he alone might be glorified. That he alone might be honored. Don't you want to, you know, on that day, just say, ah, my brother, we made it. You know, <laughs> Like I remember those days when we were in um, when we were in college, you know, and there were these news, this um, thing with resurrection, and there were some of us that were heavier than the others, and so we always had this thing where we are floating up in the sky, and then, you know, they'll be like, "But how would you float?" <laughs> it doesn't matter. The both of us floating up in the sky. And then we'll be smiling at each other. Ah, we made it. We are called to be overcomers. But let us learn to remove that speck in our eye. That we might see clearly. That we might walk in purity and holiness. But that power for holiness and purity is only found in him. Let us rise up.